The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care. With guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Meryl Griff. Welcome to Caught Between Generations. I want to thank all of you for your comments on our new Facebook Live postings. And before I start with our first guest for the show, I want to spend just a minute talking to you about that because our last Facebook Live posting had to do with family estrangement. And we have received an unbelievable not only amount of views and likes, but unbelievable amount of comments. There just seems to be so many people suffering, and I and I really mean suffering with either estranged adult children or young adults who are still living at home, actually, and are beginning to threaten estrangement. So I have two very important items I want to briefly share with you. First of all, this week I'm going to discuss this topic again. So please go to Facebook Live, Caught Between Generations, on Friday, July 29th at approximately 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time because I want to comment on a few of the issues that seem to be creating so much angst for so many of you. Secondly, as I was reading your comments, I began to view the topic of this week's show completely differently. In fact, I completely rewrote the intro to the show. So Nancy Colomer, author of Second Act Careers, 50 Ways to Profit from Your Passions During Semi-Retirement, joins us for the first part of our show today. So I want you to think about this, that perhaps part of the process in trying to move on, whether you are estranged from your adult children or whether your adult children are doing fine, but it's time to move on. This is a change in our lifestyle. If so, then Nancy has many, many ideas and suggestions based on many interviews and many years of research. Nancy is a writer, speaker, and consultant on Second Act Careers. In addition to her book, she blogs about careers for nextavenue.org, Forbes.com, and usnews.com. She's also the founder of mylifestylecareer.com, which Forbes named as one of the top, top 100 websites for your career. Welcome to Caught Between Generations, Nancy. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. It's great. So, Nancy, we live, obviously, in a very fast-paced, changing world. So how has technology changed kind of the how, where, and when we work? 
I think you just summed it up. Uh, technology has really changed how, where, and when we work, uh, both in good ways and bad. But I do think in terms of people who are thinking about ways that they can work on a flexible or part-time basis during retirement, technology has uh, really offers all sorts of uh, options and avenues for people that simply didn't exist uh, even five years ago. So, uh, you know, I talk with people all the time that are using technology to uh, sell their services, someone who sells their crafts on Etsy, someone who is using technology to create a blog, and on their blog they are able to create community and sell products and sell their services, or people that use technology uh, to tap into that for all sorts of online training programs. So technology has really opened up a world of possibilities uh, for retirees, and of course it enables people to work pretty much anywhere at any time. Um, and the downside of that is you can work anytime, um, and sometimes, of course, that's problem- problematic for people. Yes, actually, it is problematic for people. Actually, we were just having this discussion about how um, there's been some research on corporations that force their employees to shut down their emails uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after. Um, Mm. And and it's actually a negative if you uh, either send an email or respond to an email during that time period. Um, It's kind of interesting, yeah. So you interviewed over 25 second actors um, who are doing a wide variety of things during their semi-retirement. Which story did you find most inspirational? Oh, you know, I talked to so many people that are doing interesting things, and it was just, for me, it was incredibly inspirational to talk with people who were able to tap into the years of, of experience and skills and repurpose and repackage them into, into new ventures. Um, so lots, lots of interesting stories. Um, I think in some ways one of my favorite stories was a woman named Eve Young, who is a woman out of New Jersey. And uh, you have to remember that I did the research for this book in 2010, so it was right on the heels of the financial collapse. And a lot of people were really pretty desperate um, to quickly reinvent themselves and find new ways to generate income. And Eve was somebody who had been primarily a stay-at-home mom. At the point I spoke with her, she was nearing 60. Um, and her husband's business had suffered during the financial crisis, and, and she needed to figure out a way to quickly generate some income. So she spent some time thinking about what to do next, um, and the reason I, I like Eve's story, she ended up doing two things, both of which really tap into her personal passions and, and value systems. So the two things that she does, the first is she is what is called a celebrant, which is somebody who helps people uh, celebrate life milestone events. So we're all familiar with interfaith ministers. It's similar to that, uh, but in addition to doing weddings, she does other life cycle events. 
such as funerals or adoption ceremonies or even uh, ceremonies for people who may have just emerged from a very difficult uh, battle with cancer and are now celebrating the fact that they are healthy again. And there is, there is um, a, a training program that you can take. It's the Celebrant Foundation. They actually offer courses online. It's quite intensive. She, she took a nine-month program, and she is, is now doing that. She does uh, primarily weddings, and that's typically on the weekends. Loves doing it, does very personal uh, ceremonies for people. And then during the week, she actually works as an acting extra, and she got her first gig, if you remember the TV show Ugly Betty, uh, she got her <laughs> first gig on that as just somebody who is in the background, and she has since gone on to be on movie sets, TV sets, and also do some print advertising work, and she is having an absolute ball doing both of these things. And when I asked her if it was problematic that she was older in terms of getting these acting gigs, she just laughed and she said, are you kidding? She said, do you know how many 20-something-year-old blondes there are out there buying for parts? She said, I am an African-American woman who's over 60 with gray hair, and I am in high demand because lots of producers want people who look like me. So I thought it's just such a great illustration of how uh, you can really get creative and have a lot of fun at this point in life. You know, I hadn't thought about this for a long time, but I lost at Sarah Care at my company one of the best nurses I have ever, ever had because we were having a conversation one day. She had lost her husband um, at, a, at a very young age to cancer and raised four children on her own, uh, working and raising these children. We were having a conversation one day, and she said, you know, one of the things I always kind of thought about in the back of my mind is I wanted to be an actress. And so I made the mistake of saying to her, well, why don't you, you know, like, take a course at a community college or join the Community Players Guild. And she did. Um, and I ended up losing her because she's now in L.A. doing exactly what you just described. Right. <laughs> she was a beautiful woman, and she, but she was 60. And so, you know, there were just lots and lots of parts uh, for her. It's just, a, it's, it's just inspirational, actually. It's amazing what you can do. So, yeah, yeah, no, and and I have to tell you that in in writing the book and subsequently in doing the the articles that I do for Next Avenue and Forbes, I have the great fortune of being able to interview all sorts of interesting people, and it just never ceases to amaze me how many people are out there doing fun, interesting, fulfilling, and really meaningful things um, later in life. I, and, you know, I, I am fond of saying it's not just a second act. For a lot of people, it really is a second chance to finally do some of the things that you've really long wanted to do. So, Nancy, what are, those some of the common mistakes that people make when they're deciding to change careers? Uh, a couple of things. One is that sometimes people go into what I call default mode, which is, you know, I've always been an accountant, and so the easiest thing for me to do is let me just see if I can find some part-time bookkeeping work. Um, and, and they just assume that's all that will be open to them. Now, if you loved being an accountant and really have great skills in that area and really enjoy the work, then that is fantastic. I don't mean to say there's any problem with doing that. But there are a lot of people for whom um, they may have really enjoyed their work, 
but they're just tired of doing the same thing. And so they, they'd like to do something else, but they just assume, you know, people hear things like, oh, well, you know, no one's going to hire you because you're older, um, or it's very difficult to make a change, uh, or it's going to be difficult to learn the new technologies. And so what I see is the people who really are successful at, at making these changes are, are people who hear that information and say, thank you very much, um, and then go on and, and push themselves a little bit and, and try out new things and are willing to take the course and are willing to play around with, let, let me see if I can figure out this Twitter thing. And what people discover is as they start to take on these challenges in, in small pieces um, that uh, – Doing something new, you know, at, at age 60, your brain, in most cases, is still working just fine. Um, it, it can be a tremendous opportunity to learn new things and explore new arenas. Um, and that said, I, I don't think that, that necessarily means that you need to go into something totally new. In fact, I think most people build on what they did before. Uh, they repurpose and repackage what they did before, but they just do it in a slightly different way. Um, so it might be getting back to the example of the accountant, the accountant who says, gee, I really enjoyed my work, but I would just as soon not be working in a high-pressure corporate environment anymore. Maybe what I'd like to do now is handle the books for a nonprofit and work three days a week. And by switching the organization who they work for, uh, it opens up a whole whole new experience for them. You know, it's interesting you say that. I have a sister-in-law. One of my sister-in-laws is a mathematician um, and uh, and always did very, very high-level mathematics um, and retired and then decided, well, maybe that's not for me. And so she ended up as a tutor, um, actually, in first and second grade. Um, mm-hmm. And she just loves it. So you're right. So um, we're getting ready for break. Uh, when we return, we'll be asking Nancy about some other options, such as getting paid to travel and finding positions where you can make a difference. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities and home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. There is a distinct connection between your physical health and your spiritual health. 
You would be surprised at how closely the two go hand in hand. By taking care of your body, you take care of your spirit. And it works the other way, too. Honor God with what He gave you. Listen for the Divine Wellness Academy radio program with Troy Izmir. Tune in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And be inspired to use your body for God's glory. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. We're here with Nancy Colomer, who is the author of Second Act Careers, 50 Ways to Profit from Your Passions During Semi-Retirement. So, Nancy, I love to travel, but I mean, I love to travel. So, will someone actually pay me to do that? (laughs) Well, I have a chapter in the book called Get Paid to Travel, and I joke and I say, you know, I think everybody goes to that chapter seven and probably everybody flips to that chapter first. Um, and the the fact of the matter is, is most of the suggestions in that chapter um, aren't going to earn you a fortune, but you can earn something in most cases. And the big savings is that travel is such a big expense for people in retirement. So even if you only earn a little bit when you do these things while you travel, it means you don't have to dig into your savings to pay for your travel. Um, so a couple, you know, there, there's lots of suggestions in that, that section. Um, but two that I'll share with you, which happen to be top of mind uh, in my own life right now. The first is, uh, believe it or not, the Peace Corps, 50, that uh, there are people who are over age 50 who enlist in the Peace Corps, and the reason I say that is top of mind, is as we speak, my brother and his wife, who are 63 years old, are being sworn into the Peace Corps, and they will be serving the next two years in Moldova, uh, which always the next question is, where is Moldova? And it's located next to Russia. Um, and believe it or not, 7% of Peace Corps volunteers are over the age of 50. Actually, Nancy, I'm embarrassed to admit this to you, but I didn't even know the Peace Corps was still in existence, actually. Oh, it certainly is. Wow. Yeah, and if you go to their site, you will actually see that they have a whole subsection devoted to people over 50. Uh, so, as I said, it's top of mind because my brother and his wife are, are there right now. In fact, I'm going to give them a plug. If you take a look at their website, it's notreallyretired.com where you can follow their experience in Moldova. Uh, the second idea is one of the ideas in the book is to either is to become a tour guide. And, again, the reason I happen to be thinking about that right now is my husband and I next month will be leaving on a trip with a, an organization called CheeseJourneys.com. And my husband happens to be a real cheese aficionado, and he recently had one of those big birthdays, and my birthday gift to him was this trip. 
And this trip is being organized by a woman who comes out of the cheese world. Uh, the, the tour will be led by people who work in the cheese industry. Uh, and we will have 10 days of wine and cheese in, in France. Oh, my and, gosh. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Lots of different ways you can do this. So, Nancy, I'm going to um, ask you about opportunities um, to try out a job. Can, can you try out a second career without committing to it full-time? Yeah, and, you know, speaking of, of different ways to uh, travel and get paid for it, uh, one example of, of doing it and trying out a job uh, in a small way is people dream of becoming, uh, you know, a bed and breakfast owner. And, of course, that sounds great uh, as, as a, a dream, but in reality what a lot of people discover is it's a lot of money. It's a lot of hard work. Um, and so, believe it or not, there is something you can do called in-sitting. And what in-sitters do is they relieve uh, bed and breakfast owners when they want to get away for a weekend or for a week. And you can get trained to do this, and then you go and you work at the inn as the temporary innkeeper. You do it for a weekend, a week, perhaps even longer, and then uh, you get to go home to your, your quiet house. Well, so I, I will. I will admit, okay, that Nancy and I were talking about uh, during the break that um, I had a friend who uh, retired and wanted to become, wanted to buy a bed and breakfast. And I, I, I had just read Nancy's book and I had just read that section on trying out a job. And so I, I called her and I went, "Oh my gosh, I'll never believe this! There is this great section in this great book. This is a fabulous book." And and here's the res- here's the resource. Here's where you should go, and you can try this out before you actually buy the bed and breakfast. Um, and as it turns out, I mean, good news, bad news is she tried it out actually twice because the first time didn't go so well. So she thought, well, maybe it's just the situation. She did it a second time, and she came back and she said, you know, tell Nancy Colomer she just saved me a heck of a lot of money because I would not have been happy doing this. Um, so she was. She thanks you, and and it was a great experience for her to try well, it out. You know, and and uh, I, I, as I said to you, I, I love hearing things like that. But of course, um, in in lots of different types of jobs, you might be able to try things out on a part-time basis. You know, if you have a friend who perhaps owns a business in a field that you're thinking about entering. Say to them, you know what? I'll I'll come work for you for a few weeks. Uh, all you have to do is buy me lunch. Try it out and and just see is is the reality does it match up to your fantasy? Uh, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't, and it's a whole lot better to find that out before you invest your time and money and energy into making that transition. Nancy, are there any behavioral patterns of people that you've detected um, that make for the most successful um, experiences in making a change like this? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. You know, in in the book I talk about the fact that uh, change is scary for people. You know, as, as humans, we are just hardwired uh, to, to get nervous when we uh, face change. And as a therapist once told me, uh, fear is just an acronym for false evidence appearing real. And the best way to get over that is to really try things out, as we were just talking about, in small ways. So 
So if you're thinking, let's say, about uh, going to work for a nonprofit organization, uh, again, before you commit to them, why don't you volunteer to serve on their board or to handle a project for them? Um, if you're thinking about moving into a new field, uh, let's say you're interested in becoming a social media uh, consultant, take some courses and, again, see if your vision of what's going to happen measures up to the reality. And so what I see is people that are willing to uh, – test things out, to get out there and actually try things out instead of just talking about them, tend to be more successful. And the other really important thing to do is to get some support. And if, you know, if a coach is appropriate, great. But in most cases, I don't really think most people necessarily need a professional to help support them. Find a friend Find a group of entrepreneurs that you can get involved with. Um, join a professional association. By starting to immerse yourself in a new community, that can be tremendously helpful um, and makes it a whole lot more fun as well. So you talk about, and at the end of each of your chapter, you do three final tips. Are there three final tips you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, a a couple of things. The first is, uh, you know, it's funny. When people talk about uh, planning for their semi-retirement, they love to talk about it, but oftentimes they, they don't necessarily do anything about it. And so what I encourage people to do is I say set up a small retirement R&D budget. Put aside $100 or $200 starting now for each year that you're going to use to take a course, go to a workshop, attend a lecture, again, just to test out your interest in a new area. Uh, So that would be one, um, invest a little bit in yourself each year. The second thing is, as I mentioned before, I think it's tremendously helpful to find somebody else going through this transition or thinking about this transition who you can buddy up with, somebody you can take walks with or discuss some ideas with. Uh, over, uh, you know, over, over a dinner party. So find yourself a, a buddy, some sort of community of support. And the third thing is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the hour, there are so many wonderful stories out there uh, about people who are doing all sorts of interesting and innovative things. So it's so terrific to just get a steady diet of these stories. And one, one way that you can do that is by going to my website, at mylifestylecareer.com and sign up for my free newsletter. I uh, don't bombard you with information. The newsletter only comes out once every other week, and it has links to all sorts of really fun stories and resources and strategies. And you can do that whether you're two months away from retirement or still 10 years away from retirement. Nancy, thank you so much. I mean, your your book, as I said, is really a good book, and there are just lots of tremendous resources, uh, references in the books, and and I think lots of great stories of people who have done things um, and been successful at them, which I think are very inspiring. So, thank you so much. Uh, My any la- any last thoughts for us? 
Um, as I said, I encourage people to come over to the website. I think you'll find a, a wealth of resources and, and strategies there. Uh, so, again, the website is mylifestylecareer.com, or I blog about this, this topic uh, every other week for nextavenue.org. So be sure to check that out as well. Great. Once again, Nancy Colomer, author of Second Act Careers, 50-plus ways to profit from your passions during semi-retirement. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nancy. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. When we return, we'll be talking to two people who are actually real-life examples of second careers. We're going to be speaking to Dr. Tim Dupik and also to Aisha Aisha Cooper. Now, Tim and Aisha live in different parts of the country, and they are at different stages of their lives. Tim lives in California, and he and his wife are expecting their first grandchild. Aisha lives in Georgia now, and she is very busy uh, running her business while raising her young son. So when we return, we'll be talking to Tim and to Aisha about their experience in leaving very, very high-powered jobs in corporate America and in business and as an entrepreneur to enter the world of senior health care. I think you're going to find this really interesting. Stay with us. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How's your husband now that he can't quite take care of himself? Or how's your wife now that getting around isn't as easy as it used to be? You'd know if your spouse was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. A full day of customized activities and their home by dinner. And nursing care that's right there with them. How's your spouse? Just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Try it for free. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often, we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves, or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Pirro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. We were talking to Nancy Colomer about Second Act Careers, and now we are talking to Dr. Tim Dupik, who is actually a living example of a Second Act career. So Dr. Dupik was previously the CEO of Nemo 2 
Telecommunications Cooperative, General Manager for the Toledo Telephone Company, Vice President of Regulatory Affairs for Golden West Telecommunications Cooperative. And before that, he was Vice President of Operations and Corporate Secretary of Dakota Telecommunications Group. So he served on several national and state Telecommunications Industries Board of Directors. He's got a bachelor's degree in accounting, a master's of business administration, and as you heard before, he now has a doctorate of business administration. And now he actually is the CEO of Sarah Care of Campbell, where he takes outstanding care of seniors. Welcome to the show, Tim. Well, thank you, doctor. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. It's beautiful out here in California. Oh, good. So, from telecommunications to senior care, my gosh, that seems like really a large leap. What made you decide to leave the telecommunications industry? Well, I tell you the truth, I was forced to leave the telecommunications industry. I took a job uh, with a corporation, a, a half a billion dollar you know, cap corporation, uh, multi-state operation, and um, I was a CEO of that corporation with uh, about 300 employees. And after about six months of operations uh, operating there, the board of directors decided that they did not need me anymore, and so they let me go with uh, no reason. Which in that particular state, you didn't have to have a reason at, you know, for six months of termination. Yeah, and we did t- find out. Go ahead. Um, but, but, Tim, you could have then gone on to another telecommunications position. I mean, you have absolutely amazing experience, and you've held unbelievable positions in the telecommunications industry. So what made you decide to enter the world of senior care? Well, um, actually, I didn't have a lot of options in the telecommunications industry. I tried the telecommunications at first. Um, but once you're the CEO for that, that wasn't my first CEO job. It was the second one, and I... As you said, I had a lot of experience on a national scale and did a lot of public speaking nationally, so it was well known, okay? Um, when you get terminated as a CEO, though, and you go for other jobs, they they assume the only job you want is to be a CEO. So I, caught, I heard quite often, you're overqualified. You can't take this job, and I'm not going to hire you because you will always have your eye on the top seat, no matter what I said, okay? So I knew after a period of time I had to transition to another career because basically uh, they ruined about a 35-year telecommunications career. And I'm not the only one out there. There's other people in this situation who, because of their age, got to remember at that time I was in my early 50s. Um, now I'm in my early 60s. So I looked at the uh, various uh, options out there. I actually went and worked with a counselor, a franchise counselor, because I knew I knew the success rate for small businesses was very small. Uh, however, you have a better success rate if you uh, run and own a franchise because there's a brand name there that there's a appeal to in the marketplace. So I spent about nine months actually going through working with this franchise consultant, and uh, we went through and we had weekly calls. And of course, I filled out all kinds of paperwork and likes and dislikes and stuff like that, and. Uh, to make a long story short, we narrowed it down to you know, 60, 20, 10, 3, finally down to 2, my wife and I, Diane, that is. And uh, we ended up choosing the Saracare franchise because it, it met 
what we were looking for. You know, what you know, what did the business have to do? We had like about four criteria there. Um, number one, since I, I do also have a Master's of Divinity, it had to be some sort of ministerial work. And I view this as doing work for God, taking care of the elderly people. So it had to help people, number one. Number two, my business background, it had to have a future growth potential. And as we all know, the baby boomers are just going to continue to retire you know, for the next 20, 25 years. So there is real potential growth in this industry, taking care of the elderly. All aspects of taking care of the elderly. Uh, number three, it had to be a profitable business uh, so we can live off of it. And number four, I wanted a, uh, a franchise that had daytime hours. I did not want to own a, uh, a pizza place or a hamburger joint where you're working, you know, uh, 24 hours and you open at nighttime for supper hours and stuff. I wanted to maintain, because um, I still had a daughter at home, as uh, much of a family lifestyle as possible. And Saracare was really the only one out of, I don't know if we started out with a couple thousand of them, I think, that really met that bill. And, um, and I'm very happy that I chose Saracare at this oh, point, 10 years yeah. later. And we are thrilled, and so are all of the seniors and their families, actually, that you care for at Saracare of Campbell, Tim. I mean, you've, you've just done an absolutely outstanding job and, and brought so much meaning to so many people's lives. So we do thank you. D- well, Tim, you're welcome, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, um, it's, it's rewarding and both humbling. Every day I come in here and take care of our participants. It really gives you a reality check when you're taking with taking care of people that have, you know, cognitive and uh, physical uh, ailments that bother them. So, Tim, what advice would you give to someone who you either wants to begin a new career path or maybe they're forced, like you were, to begin a new career path? Mm-hmm. Well, first thing I would say is, you know, of course, it depends on their age, okay, is how much risk they can take, all right? Now, I was already in, you know, my my mid-50s almost when I opened up this, so I needed something that was uh, relatively relatively secure and had a good future in it. Um, but when you start to looking at it, whether it's franchise, first off, I would go for a franchise versus buying an existing small business because usually those small businesses, um, when the owner goes, the business goes because they built it up. And I've seen that many, many times in my you know, 40-year career. So I would choose a franchise and choose one, I choose a business, that you think you're going to enjoy working the rest of your life doing that business, okay? Because owning and running a business is much different than working for someone. Um, you can't just turn in your resignation and quit and um, go down the road and try and find another job to get a paycheck. You're actually responsible for that business you know, from A through Z, and it's not easy to do. Um, and the odds are you're not going to succeed, but you have a, a better success with a franchise. Um, you know, it's I would, just... I would, I would say that, um, you know, I've had many of, of, of uh, responsible positions going from vice chairman of national board of directors and CEOs of various corporations. But I would honestly have to say that opening and starting a small business has been the toughest job I've ever done in my life. And that's because... You do everything. When I was, you know, my former job when I was a CEO, you know, I had like seven vice presidents. You know, you delegate down and you just make sure maintain control. Uh, when you're when you're the actual boss, I mean, you're here on weekends if you've got to, uh, um, you know, clean the floors or or clean the sh- or carpets or 
uh, go out and get supplies, you know, make payroll. Uh, you really have to know all aspects of the business, um, of, of, of marketing, of personnel, of human resources, of finance, accounting. Um, the, best, the more of those disciplines you can do yourself, the better are you are in trying to be successful. Because if you have hired someone else, it, it just eats away at your profits. So, Tim, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I hadn't planned on asking you this, but since you brought it up, um, you know, I talk to a lot of people who think that, wow, I just wish I owned my own business because then I could do whatever I wanted to do. You know, it's great. You know, my, you know, I want to be the boss because if I want to go shopping or I want to go out to lunch, I mean, these are actual statements that I've heard. You know, I could do it any time I want to. I'd have lots of free time, lots of vacation. I mean, I think that is the perception. That, and there are a lot of pluses to owning a business. That's true. But, I, I mean, you, I think you're talking about some of the realities that, that people have to realize about owning a business. That's right. You know, they got to get into reality and get out of this or the American dream. The fact is, 80% or more of us fail when we start a small business, okay? Small businesses are responsible, though, for you know, half the new job growth in this country, so they are very important to the economy. Um, so you have to go into it with, a real, with realistic expectations, okay? And if you set your business up now, for example, right now, I'm into this business. It'll be 10 years in November. We opened our doors officially with our license. Um, I do not spend as much time today as I did, you know, year one, year two, year three, or my wife, okay? Matter of fact, my wife doesn't even you know, work here anymore. She took another job uh, taking care of preschoolers, which is her, her real, real passion. She takes care of the young, and I take care of the old. I love it. It's um, an intergenerational family. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It really, it truly is, Doc. And, so, um, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tim. I, no problem. It, it's so, just before... So, you, you you got to put your time in up front, okay? So you may not have much of a life, actually, to be honest, the first few years. But if you work hard on it and and you do live your business 24-7, you're always thinking about it. Once you get the business up and running, if you make it to that third year, then you you beat most of the people. If you make it that five-year, there's a good chance you're going to survive. And, you know, now I have people that come in, and I don't open up, for example. I haven't opened up in a long time. I have people that I have three openers that open up in the morning. Um, I'm seldom here before noon anymore, and I, I come in later. I, I do other things out and about, and I do some marketing and stuff. Um, but I still come in here most days, but I don't come in here every day now anymore. Uh, I have staff that takes care of it. You can build up a business to where, yeah, you are the boss, and you can take more time. But also, like this morning, for example, I got a call, even though I was home. The fire alarm was buzzing. What do I do? You know, so... Um, we had to take care of that over the phone. So you still are always there, and you always have your cell phone. Even if you're, if I'm in Ohio, if I'm in Minnesota, you know I'm still within phone call of Sarah Care of Campbell. And uh, you just have to approach it real, very realistically, and you're constantly, constantly looking, just like a CEO, because that's what you are. You're always looking for ways to increase revenues and decrease expenses. That's that's the bottom line. It's it's the old adage, and it's it's, it's a business principle that uh, will live for eternity. That's what the CEO is all about. Dr. Tim Dupik, this has been very, very interesting. And, and really, I think you had a lot of very, very good information that, that you shared with people that's really important. We only have a minute uh, before the break, so tell us uh, how to contact you or find out more about your Syracuse Center in Campbell, California. 
Sure. Yeah, I would be happy to. Thank you, Doctor. Um, you can go to our website, Sarah Care Campbell. That's S A R A H, Sarah, Senior Adult Recreation and Health. And then Campbell, like the Campbell Soup, C A M P B E L L, um, at, uh, at um, the Sarah Care Campbell. I got to think of it now. Uh, dot com, yeah. Dot com. I'm sorry, Sarah Care Campbell dot com. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, and you can uh, look at our website there. Um, we're located in the San Jose area. If any of your listeners are in the San Jose area, uh, we serve people anywhere from Palo Alto down to Morgan Hill, and all places in between. They're welcome to come. Uh, our phone number is 403, uh, 408-374-2273. That's 408-374-2273. They can call us anytime, and we're here to help you. Uh, we may not be your answer. One of the things I will say, uh, Meryl, about this business is the toughest thing I've had in this business is to educate people. Mm-hmm. People Absolutely. are unaware that we exist out here, that there's another alternative to, to in-home care, which is extremely expensive, and senior home care, uh, senior, uh, senior home care or, um, or nursing care. Um, all those options are like three or four times what we would charge here. You know, you can come here for a day for $75, and we feed you three meals and give you all the entertainment you want and the teachers that come in. Um, there's no better deal than this. Um, so at educating the public that we exist and educating the public on um, what the disease is that their loved one has to get them into reality and not in denial, um, right. that's a difficult part, Doctor. We've been talking to Dr. Tim Dupick of Sarah Care of Campbell. Thank you so much, Tim. When we return, we'll be talking to Aisha Cooper, and she is from the Sarah Care of Snellville, and she had a little bit of a different life path. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. 
You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. We've been talking about second act careers, first with Nancy Colomer and then with Dr. Tim Dupic, and now we're here with Aisha Cooper. Aisha is originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. After completing a public health degree at Indiana University, Aisha moved into the world of advertising, spending most of that career in Yellow Pages advertising with some time spent in radio. She then relocated to Georgia, where she started a wellness studio, and now she is the owner of Sarah Care of Snellville, and she also has an MBA, which we're going to talk about just a little bit later. But welcome to Caught Between Generations, Aisha. Thank you, Merle. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, well, thank you. So, Aisha, what made you decide to leave advertising and enter the world of senior care? Well, I always knew that I had a love for senior care. I just I, I wasn't ready for it when I was in my early 20s. I um, just wanted to pursue something as what I thought was a little bit more exciting, but I am glad that I went into advertising and actually created a foundation um, that I needed to operate my own franchise. So in changing careers and changing work styles, what did you find most challenging? Um, Having to do everything, uh, going from uh, just completing your paperwork and passing it on to the next person. Uh, You don't have that luxury when you own your own business. Um, you are the human resources director, the operations manager, the um, financial analyst, uh, uh, plumber some days, the cleaner some other days. Uh, sometimes I feel like a psychologist and dealing with, you know, different personalities of staff. Um, but it's all been a great experience. So how did you prepare yourself for that change? And how did you, did you have to prepare your family for this change? We did, and I'm not sure that I can say we adequately adequately planned for it um, because you really don't understand what it what it takes. Um, everything that's involved in running a small business, um, we did not anticipate the amount of hours uh, that I would have to spend in the you know the first couple of years. So that was tough on our family. Um, I'd say that, you know, it's been a tremendous learning curve going from, um, you know, just being responsible for yourself to being responsible for many staff, um, lots of participants, and um, the families that go with them. You know, it's interesting. We had a similar conversation with uh, Tim, and I was saying to him that I often speak to people who say, oh, I just wish I was the the boss. I wish I owned the business because then I could do anything I wanted to do, and I would have all this free time, and I would go on vacation for three <laughs> weeks, and, you know, I would never have to work weekends, and it would be fabulous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the lucky people who own the business. And it is, I think, lucky, and I think we are fortunate to own our own businesses because um, there are some. There, there are certainly lots of perks. Um, what do you think about that? What are the What are the perks? What are the dot? You know, the cons about owning a, a business. 
Well, the fortunate piece, I will say, is that um, you can work or plan your day according to what you need to. So I can spend time at the center, but then I can also spend time with my son and be present and be a mother. And I may have to pick that work back up in the evening, um, but it still allowed me that time that I wanted to spend with him or my family um, or do any other things that I'd like to do um, during the day. It's just the work never stops. So the con is, you know, I laughed when you said vacation because um, I haven't actually taken a real vacation since I've opened uh, Sarah Care of Snellville. You take short vacations. They become long weekends. And... Um, you know, I just went on a short vacation to New York City, enjoyed myself, but then when I got back, um, it, you know, things change. Things are always unpredictable in our world, as you know, the a world of adult day, and had someone, um, a staff member that was called for jury duty, so... Um, who needs to prepare lunch? Well, that would be me. Um, had a driver that needed to go tend to her son. Okay, well, who takes the afternoon route? That would be me. So those are the cons that you, you have to be there, and there's, no, um, there's not really a backup. You are it. Um, you know, yes, you're, you train your staff um, to be there and to be able to to do the job necessary, but in small business, it's not like you have someone that you can call in. We just can't afford to have that on the budget, that you just have someone on reserve. So that reserve is you, the owner. So what advice then, Aisha, would you give to someone who is looking to change or begin a new career path? Well, especially if it's going to be in um, entrepreneurship is um, be ready you know, be ready for for it all. Um, learn as much as you can, which, like you mentioned, I did go back after um, owning um, the business for three years. I went back and got my MBA because I wanted to learn more. I felt like I needed a stronger business foundation, you know, and so that helped me do that. Um but really do your research. And, you know, one thing I can say, you know, being part of a franchise is that you have the name recognition. And that's been very beneficial for us. So I want to talk about your MBA for just a moment because I want to tell you a story that I don't think you're aware of. And that is um, when I asked you to send in um, your bio, we went back and forth, and I, I knew you had gotten this MBA, which I thought was such an unbelievable, great accomplishment, um, because you are running your business, and you are raising your son. Um, it came through to one of our new administrative assistants, and she walked into my office, and she said, oh my gosh, she's raising a child, running a business, and got her MBA. And I said, yes, isn't that amazing? And she said, this has made my day. This is so <laughs> inspirational to me, because she's in the same situation. You know, she is raising a child. She's going to school to try to get her degree in social work, and she's working. And so, Aisha, you were quite an inspiration to her. It just completely turned her around and, and just really made her month. So, Well, glad I could, I could be that for other people. You know, when you sent that and you said, well, didn't you get your MBA? And yes, I did, but, you know, often friends tell me, 
that I don't spend time and stop and smell the roses, smell my accomplishments, see what I've done. Um, because to me, I'm still running a business, and these are just things that I had to do to make sure that I continue to strive for that business success. Well, but thank you. You know, it really was quite an inspiration. Aisha, tell us something, some special things about your particular center in Snellville, Georgia. Well, one thing that um, we were able to do last year was expand the center, as you know, and so now we're able to welcome, um, previously we only had a capacity for 36, and now we have a capacity for 60 or 64 people, and... um, with the expansion, I was able to do, um, you know, incorporate some things to make it more dementia-friendly because with our center here in Snellville, that's what we focus on is um, individuals that, um, older individuals that have a cognitive impairment. Um, and so, you know, we, we implemented some things that made it easier for them to be in our environment. Um but then with that, you know, it's always what can you do to stay innovative and educating the community about adult day health and changing the mindset that people have, you know, educating your community on what we are. You know, I heard early when I first started, um, I was at a um, meeting with Aisha? discharge planners, and Aisha? they mentioned you know, adult day health was a park and sit. And, I mean, ever since I heard that, I said, you know, first of all, we're not a park and sit. You know, we we celebrate life every day in whatever way we can by providing outings and entertainment and intergenerational activities. And then the latest thing that we added is we jumped on board with um, the national uh, movement of music and memory and implemented that in our program. And we are actually the first adult day program in Georgia to have implemented music and memory. So we piloted the program with about five of our participants And um, because I want, you know, as a business owner, you want to see the results before you put it out to the masses. Aisha, I am so sorry to interrupt you. This is really interesting. But quickly, we only have about 30 seconds. Give us your contact information. Okay. It's, um, you know, I like to show people our Facebook page because that is, um, will help change the mindset. So we're at facebook.com forward slash Sarah Care of Snailville. And we're located in Gwinnett County in Georgia, um, which is north of um, the city of Atlanta. And our contact number is 770-685-6971. Thank you so much, Aisha. We so appreciate hearing just the wonderful things you've been able to accomplish. This is Dr. Merle reminding you to email me at drmerle at quotebetweengenerations.com. And please continue watching our Facebook Live postings. Thank you so much. And remember, this week, just one thing for yourself. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.